0: This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people doing amazing things. And today, I'm happy to have Jennifer on the podcast today. Tell me a little bit more about yourself.
1: Um, well, my name is Jennifer Murphy and I'm a local makeup artist here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, I predominantly work with uh, brides during the wedding season. So, yeah.
0: So now pretty much. Yeah, right now we're <laughs> like in,
1: like full bridal season. So
0: <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> what, what, what made you decide to get into makeup?
1: Um, I mean, I've always been kind of obsessed with makeup like I always used to apply it on myself kind of like started off when I was little and do my own makeup for like ballet recitals and things like that and then from there it just grew as a passion of mine and I remember in high school every day I would wake up and take like an hour I would sit down I would do my makeup it was always like the best part of my day and then yeah I would go to school but then um, I found like friends would always reach out to me in high school and I would do friends makeup for prom and um, I had a, a girlfriend uh who who asked me to do her wedding makeup and that was really exciting, but I never really thought I could pursue it as a career until like I was probably like nineteen. So mm.
0: yeah. What happened then?
1: Um, well, I I was attending Mount Allison University and uh I was just doing I my initial plan because I was always in love with art. I didn't quite know what was my medium yet, but I had applied to Mount Allison cuz I wanted to do their fine arts program, mm. but I didn't get in. But I figured I should just go anyways, which I don't I don't know if I really thought that through, but I was like, "Yeah, let's <laughs> go to university and, you know, try to figure it out from there. Like maybe yeah. I could like get into the program eventually." But I was doing like um a psychology uh degree and I I wasn't feeling very passionate about it. Um I was feeling actually like a little lost, like I didn't really know wh- why I was doing it, and um, I kind of wanted a change of pace after my second year. I also had a really bad breakup, so I think I just wanted like a in fresh start. Or? Yeah, like in, in school. Like oh, my boyfriend okay. didn't go to the school that I was I was attending, but I I was just having a really hard time, and I yeah. kind of just wanted a fresh start. And I um I knew a girl who uh, her name is uh, Sasha. Andrews. She goes by Sasha Taylor. She was actually working in Halifax as a makeup artist for a long time. She's very talented. Mm. But she attended um, the makeup school that I eventually went to, Blanche McDonald in Vancouver. And I remember seeing her photos and being like, oh, my gosh, that looks like exactly what I would want to do. Because she was always doing, like, glamour makeup or photo shoots. So I started playing around with the idea. And um, I suggested it to my mother. I was like, hey, like, what would you think if I pursued this as a career? And she was so excited. She's mm. like, "This is amazing! Uh, I love it! I want you to do that!" So, um, we kind of just made a plan uh, that I was going to then attend uh, Blanche McDonald's in uh, the following year, and it was it was great. So that's what I ended up doing. I moved out to Vancouver.
0: Wow. Yeah. How long were you in the uh, school for? Uh,
1: it was a year long program.
0: And how was how was the experience being in school?
1: Um. Honestly, it was, it was great. I mean, I I loved it. It was wonderful. There were some things that I don't think I really, I feel like sometimes I'm a little short-sighted when I'm uh, thinking about things. I don't really think them through all the way. So I didn't really realize that attending school, like, I don't know why, but I thought we'd have like models to be putting makeup on every day. But like, that wasn't the case. There's not like an endless stream of models that just want to like sit for you. So we ended up having to sit for one another. And I just found like, I kind of had like by the end of the program after doing that for a year, I was a little like I don't even want to look at makeup. I don't want to get it put on me. I'm over it because there's so many different modules we had to do. We because the the program's really um, inclusive. It has so many different things. So uh, you start off doing just like like soft makeup, bridal makeup, basically like beauty. Mm. Um, you kind of then go into like more avant garde looks, like fashion and doing like decade replications. And then you'll get into, like, TV and film. Mm. And so that's, like, when you're making, like, road rash and, like, cuts and burns. And so, like, that's less in my wheelhouse of things I love to do. Because I was like, <laughs> you know, it was cool. It was definitely challenging. Like, yeah. I remember we had to remake the makeup from The uh, Exorcist. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. And I remember having, like, a lot of fun. Like, because you, um, you'll you be using different, like, sculpting like clays and stuff to try to get um like different features on the face. Mm. So um that was really fun um and cool and we did airbrushing which was really cool so like body painting. Um that was really fun. Uh, I was really lucky I had a great model, Alyssa Hansen. And um, but yeah, it was great. So so <clears throat> excuse
0: me. So here's the thing though. Uh, you do all these things over the course of a year. Which of those ones stood out the most for you?
1: I, it makes me feel like I'm so basic, but it was really beauty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like when it came to our finals, so our like finals for the entire year, you got kind of got to chose or uh, choose what uh, module you wanted to focus and display for your portfolio. Yeah. And so I just did a bridal look, which it's so funny because I feel like now I'm I, I predominantly work with weddings and brides, but even when I finished makeup school, I was like, what am I going to do with this? You know what I mean? But it's mm. like. As my final, I chose to do a bridal look. Like, I don't know why I wasn't just like full on into freelancing for weddings and kind of, you know, it took me a while to kind of come to the realization that that's what I was most passionate about.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. when you finished school, did you move back to Halifax? Yeah,
1: I kind of... Right away? Yeah. So I was serving um, when I lived in Vancouver. And when I finished my program, I was still doing that. And I just felt a little discouraged because I was like, man, like all I'm doing is serving. I'm not even working in the industry that like I, I worked so hard um, to kind of get my program certification. And I just didn't know what the next step was. And mm. I remember talking to my parents because... Uh, they lived in Newfoundland. So that's like the absolute opposite end of the country. Mm. And they were kind of like, just like come home, like figure it out. We'll, we'll like, you know, see what, what you should do next. And, I actually was like, man, I should finish my uh, bachelor's degree. So I actually re-enrolled into Dow. Oh, okay. And I was, like, taking a couple courses, which was fun. I liked being, like, a mature student in the class because I was, like, <laughs> you know, in all these, like, first-year classes. I was a little bit older, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is such a cakewalk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> university's a lot easier this time around. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I did, like, one semester, but during that semester I actually got hired on by um, – Uh, a retail makeup counter. So uh, that just became my focus. I kind of just dropped school. I was like, you know what? I love this. I'm just going to do it. I'm starting to make money doing what I love. So Mm. that then became my focus.
0: And then do you remember your first wedding?
1: My first wedding.
0: Paid wedding.
1: My first paid wedding. Mm. Well, I did one when I was in makeup school and it was um, on the Sunshine Coast. It was actually a lot of fun. So, yeah. So one of my um, classmates and friends, um, she knew a gal who was getting married and they wanted us to do their wedding. Mm. And literally it was like, I had very little experience at that point. Mm. And I had a very uh, small kit. Like I, I had like my makeup kit from school, but I mean, it didn't have any stellar products in it. But um, yeah, we did. We split the bridal party and everyone looked gorgeous. It was, and it was really fun. I remember that being like you know, a really good experience, but I kind of, it was like a one-off. Like I didn't do it for a couple of years after that. Mm. Cause then I kind of just worked at Mac and I would do makeup appointments there. Um, and then eventually I would, I would get people requesting me to do things kind of on the side. And, I actually remember my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, I, I keep recommending you to people to do their wedding makeup. And I got so angry at him. Cause I was like, I don't have the time. Like I work every Saturday. I can't do it. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I want to help out. I think, you know, you'd be great at it. And I kind of dragged my feet before I started doing like more independent work. But mm. um, eventually I did, I did a wedding um, for a friend's sister and, it was, it was so sweet at the end. They took a photo with me, which is like so cute. Like, I don't know why it's like one of my favorite photos, but uh, I'm just like sitting in the middle of like all these gals and they're so glam. And it was just like, it was, I felt so, um, like, I don't know. It just, it made me feel really good that they wanted to get a photo with me and mm. it was wonderful, but it's so funny. Cause I look at that photo and since then I've done two of the bridesmaids, the other bridesmaids weddings. Oh, Yeah. And then I'm consulting with another one of the gals who's actually going to be marrying, uh, Getting married down south, so she wants to do her own makeup. So I'm going to teach her how to do it.
0: So when you say consulting, what does that involve?
1: So, so it's more like, um, like teaching. Mm. So like doing a lesson. So I'm, I'm kind of giving them the tools and the confidence to do their own makeup. Wow. Yeah, I know because sometimes it's just different because some ladies don't wear a lot of makeup day to day, so mm. it's it's really foreign. They need, you know, to kind of learn the the basics.
0: Okay, and man. <clears throat> So you do Mac, and then you're like, "Oh well, you know, I'm getting independent work. I'm doing it inside." When was the time you said, "You know what, I'm going full on to do this for myself?"
1: Well, so there was a couple factors. I'm like, I, I was full time, uh, like towards the end of um, my tenure with the company, but then mm. they did like company wide cuts, and my hours were cut. And I was kind of like, oh, like, what am I going to do? I'm getting another job. Like, and it was kind of like, do I, do I stay working here, which doesn't give me a lot of flexibility of my schedule to do more freelance or do I just kind of take the leap and do freelance work and just like as many makeup gigs as I can. And I, I was definitely nervous because I feel like I always tell myself this isn't a career and I can't like make a living or, you know what I mean? I'll never be able to pay my bills doing this stuff. But then, um, slowly but surely, work keeps coming my way and then I'm like, okay, I I can do this. So, (coughs) you know, it was like a slow start again. Um, I, I figured I should probably like diversify my skills and not just only offer makeup. So, Mm. I took a lash course as well. What was that? So, lash extensions, it's, it's a really popular trend right now. It's kind of I like the
0: eyelashes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. so, Essentially, you're taking um, a, a lash extension. Uh, you're isolating someone's natural lashes, and you're placing it on their lash. So then they get, like, a set of very glamorous-looking lashes.
0: And how long, like, what, um, is it for a day, or can you stay on for long?
1: So they they stay on until that natural lash falls out. Holy in the smokes. natural lash cycle, yeah. So it's, like kind of, like, semi-permanent. It's not permanent at all, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll be there for, like, a few weeks. So, it's a nice kind of low-maintenance way to feel um, a little extra glam. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, like, it makes the blink have more impact. <laughs> it
1: makes the blink- that's amazing. I'm going to steal that. That sounds so good. Yeah. It definitely kind of um, just... it. I find ladies love it because it's so easy. They they wake up. They mm. feel like they look like they're wearing makeup, but they're not. It's,
0: yeah. Talking of that, there's this thing. um Is it permanent makeup? Like, is that what it's called?
1: Uh, do you mean like the microblade? No, 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 no.
0: Like like where you're pretty much always made up.
1: Yes. So, uh, lash extensions wouldn't fall under permanent makeup.
0: Yeah. But, so, that's what I'm asking. What is that?
1: Permanent makeup would be... um. Placing pigment into the skin... Uh, via like a like a tattooing tool. Holy smokes! Yeah, so so
0: you're always looking like that for, and it lasts forever, or
1: it, it will fade over time because it's it's placed in a layer of the dermis that regenerates. Oh, um, okay. But I mean, it would be there for like two to three years, and then what? You, yeah, and then you'd want to get it touched up. But you can do like eyeliner like that, um, brows, ombre brows are really popular as um, semi permanent makeup. Uh, and then now there's also like lip tattooing, which I think I think is really beautiful what was that? So it's um essentially it's like you're you're p- placing pigment on the lip you're f- filling in the the shape and the color okay. and so it kind of looks like y- your lips are drawn off. Okay, I'm sorry it
0: sounds painful.
1: <laughs> It, it's not like it's. It's probably a little uncomfortable. I mean, I'm sure they they numb the area. I'm. I'm not an expert in it. I. I know it's like a service that other people offer. I oh, don't okay. offer it myself. Yeah. But um, I do know that they will numb the area, and um, and it's not. I don't think it's as. It's definitely uncomfortable, but. I mean, it's kind of subjective
0: because. So when you now have payment and makeup done, does that mean you don't need to get any makeup? Like,
1: well, it means that you would. Uh, you definitely. If it's. It depends. Again, it's like kind of subjective. If you're someone who likes a full glam, well, then you just would probably still wear foundation but you wouldn't have to fill in your brows or you wouldn't have to like uh do liner or you know put on your lipstick it'd already be done so you could skip a couple steps but i mean for some women that's like all that they would need right because they're just like well now i look put together and fresh so yeah
0: wow
1: yeah okay
0: so um and then uh what what micro bleeding what's that one
1: Okay, so microblading is semi permanent makeup as well. Um, So there's microblading and there's ombre brows. But microblading is with like a pronged um, tool. Uh, It's a blade and you're placing it in the skin and you're pulling and you're placing it with pigment. Mm. So when you're doing that, you're creating individual hair strokes. And so the illusion is that you have, like, a fuller 3D-looking brow. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. it's still, like, it's still natural-looking. It doesn't look like a, a powder fill or, like, a makeup fill. It'll mm. look like you just have it's more natural. Brow. Yeah, exactly. Like, a brow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's a great option um, for ladies who find that their eyebrow hair is super sparse. Like, it was a big trend, like, a couple years ago to really tweeze away your brows
0: that was what i was gonna ask next yeah. the one where they like kind of use trade and pull it off like e- is that what it's called uh, like e- they kind of pull your oh. hair off with the thing the, like? Tr-
1: okay are you, have you seen like some makeup videos online that yeah. are like a yeah <laughs> i know there's so many products now so um so i think that's like an at-home product you can buy but mm. essentially that's kind of like um uh, a tinting product oh, okay. so i mean a lot of salons and spas and estheticians will offer um like shaping and tinting mm. and so again there's so many options for brows and oh. it's because I, I just i think in the past like five especially five if not 10 years people have realized how important eyebrows are they just frame your face oh. and that's why you just see you'll see so like women wear such strong brows now and some of them don't as well. Like I find that there's a really wide range of what women like as their brows, but it's so, I always say it's so user specific Mm. because women really like to see their brows a certain way Mm. and it's different for every woman. So um, some women like them to look really fluffy and full and kind of bushy, like a really kind of natural soft brow. I I kind Mm. of feel like that's the bigger trend as of this moment, like a big fluffy brow, mm. um, but some women like a really like sharp and like shaped brow. Um, and they'll probably want to use like makeup products to achieve that to get like a lot of definition mm. but to just um, have like a tint on the brow like say you naturally have a lot of brow hair mm. you just want it to be like shaped and maybe like a little darker you can do a brow shaping either by like waxing or threading And threading th- yes, yeah that, that's the thing oh okay <laughs> that's it yeah, yeah that's threading yeah so threading is like a cool technique um, where you're using pieces of thread to remove the hair and shape looks painful uh, I don't know. I've never I don't know. had Everything it done. Everything looks painful to me. It, it, well, you know what they say. Like, beauty is pain or whatever. <laughs> it shouldn't be painful, but, you know, we always kind of go through
0: Um things. So, here's the thing. Um, when you... Actually, first, before I get to this one, what do you think of uh, makeup tutorials on YouTube?
1: I think they're great. Mm. I think they're a wonderful resource. I think um, it's amazing. I think... I think the internet is the best thing ever, you know, the internet is where it's at. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it's a great resource. Like I know people always feel this need to, if they, if they're really passionate about makeup, they're like, Oh, like, well, I can't be a makeup artist yeah. if I can't uh, like go to school or get a certification. And like, in some ways that is true because, um, like, I, to work as a makeup artist in Halifax, it's board regulated. So you do need certain certifications, but I mean, you can always learn online. Like, I feel like your ability is, is directly linked to your effort and your passion. So if you want to go on the internet, you want to watch YouTube videos, you want to learn and you want to become the best makeup artist possible. I think that you can, you can do that with that resource. Mm. Um, It's wonderful. Uh, And there's so many videos like breaking down so many different looks, so many different opinions. There's a lot of um, like product knowledge, people uh, explaining what products work best for like certain skin tones or certain um, issues that you'll incur. So Mm. um, I I think it's wonderful. And I think um, I know a lot of makeup artists who are self-taught, you know, and they're phenomenal. Like I don't always think that like school – like necessarily is is what makes you a great makeup artist. Mm. So,
0: but on the other hand, I mean, since you actually went to school to mm-hmm. do this, uh, do is there any advantage of actually going to school?
1: Definitely, I, yeah. Like, I'm I'm not gonna like discredit going to school. It was amazing, and um, especially with uh, types of makeup that are. Um, that have like a risk factor in them so when you're like Like, when you're doing certain things for like special effects like you're you're doing prosthetics like you know movies like uh, lord of the rings and stuff like that when they're turning people into orcs and like goblins or whatever um you're using products that are are like glues and adhesives on the skin um and you just want to make sure because i mean you're when you're a makeup artist, your clients are humans they're people. So you want to make sure that you're looking after them, that you're not going to do anything that might hurt their skin or damage their skin. Mm. So, I mean, there's certain um, protocols and procedures that are really necessary and important to learn. And I mean, you can find stuff on the internet, but when you're doing a course like that, it's super thorough. It's going to walk you through all those steps. Mm. And for some makeup artists, like that is their wheelhouse. Like that's all that they want to do is special effects and like, Mm tv and film makeup mm,
0: mm. Mm, mm. okay um, <laughs> well let me start let me go back to this one What you were mentioning a makeup kit what are things you must have in your makeup kit uh,
1: for me as like um, a freelance makeup artist things that I must have um, hmm. I, I honestly use so many products I'm, I want to like rattle off a million things but <laughs> <laughs> Things that would be necessary, uh, I think would be like a good concealer palette with a good color range so that you can accommodate, um, any skin tone and like adjust, um, to like make colors darker or like, um, bring out different undertones. Uh, so I think like a good color range and like a concealer or foundation palette is super important. Mm. Um, like just like the basics, like I think mascara, Mm, like lip products, a couple different things. But, I mean, there's certain products that I wouldn't want to not have in my kit if I was doing a gig because not only am I doing the makeup for, like, the final effect, I need to ensure that it has, like, longevity on my clients mm. so that it's going to wear all day, right? They want to look the same as they do in the morning during the bridal photos, and they want to look the same at night when they're, like, dancing on the dance floor.
0: So, in a in on a wedding, are you there all day, do you just... Hang out all day and do touch-ups? And...
1: Well, it's an option. I mean, if they wanted to pay for me to stay and oh, do touch-ups. Okay. But, I mean, it's not really typical. I usually um, I usually suggest to the clients uh, and, like, the bridesmaids to bring their own lip products to touch-up with. Mm. Like like one or two things to just maintain the makeup themselves. Cause it's really easy once it's on there. Cause mm. typically the only thing that will really come off is, is your like lip products during the day as you like eat and drink. Mm. Um, but really everything else I try to like, just make sure that it's going to stay on the face the same way. So I'm using like primers. I'm using, uh, setting sprays before and after the makeup just to really make sure that everything's on there. Mm.
0: Okay. Uh, let's rewind now. A bride comes or would be bride says, "Hello, Jennifer. I saw you on Instagram. I love what you do, and mm-hmm. um, I want you to do the thing for my wedding." What happens from then to the day of the wedding?
1: Okay, so uh, typically I'll send them out, um, just like my booking information and my bridal contract for them to review. So that kind of
0: brings up bridal contract. What's what's that?
1: So that um. That's just, uh, it's like a contract I have between myself and the clients mm. and it just assures them that, um, I'm going to be there on their wedding day and I'm going to fulfill like m- my job and then that they're going to, um, like follow through with their booking. So, oh, okay. yeah. So I mean, uh, cause I book off, I, I take a non uh, refundable deposit mm. just because you know what I mean? You, it's just, yeah. It's just the business, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the business you don't. Part. You don't
0: want someone to be like,
1: oh yeah, you know what, we'll cancel
0: last minute. And yeah. you could have filled that spot up with someone else. Well,
1: that's it. Like I get so many inquiries for like so many of the same dates. Mm. So, you know, as soon as I lock someone in... Like I, I don't want to be turning away other Mm. clients that I could have accommodated. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's the, this is like the worst, like the, or not the worst, but the hardest part for me is like Mm. the business side of things. Cause Mm. it's, I'd rather just like focus on like the artistry, but (laughs) I mean, it's just like a, you gotta pay those bills. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah. So the bridal contract just kind of like goes over everything. Um, And then, uh typically we'll kind of like discuss the look I, I like to send like a little questionnaire to my um brides before they come in for a trial mm. so we always do at least one trial sometimes there's more but we always do at least one trial before the wedding to kind of plan their... oh, what's the trial
0: what's the, what happens in the trial
1: it's just a full um makeup look oh, okay. so i ask them to kind of fill out a questionnaire we talk about like what their ideal makeup would be because again just like eyebrows like everyone's ideal makeup look is different like it's never the same so it's nice to kind of go over what they like and what features they like to highlight best um and then i'll ask them to bring a couple of reference photos as well so then um we do the trial where we apply the makeup and then we kind of troubleshoot and see if there's anything that they would want to change or like I, I always ask them to give me feedback afterwards to mm. see how the makeup wore, like if anything came off or if anything was kind of funny by the end of the day. And then we just make a note of it. And then by the time of their actual wedding day, we have like their perfect makeup look already planned out.
0: Mm. Mm. So <clears throat> they come true, yeah, you, you put on the makeup, they wait for the day
1: pretty much. Do, pardon? Like, like
0: do they, they keep their makeup on for the day or do, they, do you wash? Yeah. Oh, you keep, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. for
1: like the entire day. I mean, some people have told me that they've slept in it and they're like, oh, <laughs> I woke up and it looked the same. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. And then um, between the trial and then the wedding day, is there anything that happens between that or just?
1: Um, I mean, it's like an open line of communication. So mm. like if anything changes, I'm, I'm like, you tell me, just let me know. Um, I usually have the contract because we'll agree on how many people I'm I'm doing as the bridal party, because mm. as one person, I feel like I have my limits, mm. especially if there's like a, like a constraint timeframe that they're trying to work within, mm. you know, I have to let them know, well, within that timeframe, this is how many people I can do. So mm. there's like that type of agreement as well. But I mean, I'm very flexible. So if there's more time and there's more people that want to get their makeup done, then we can also, like, do that. And okay,
0: so what's a good number?
1: A good number? My perfect bridal day would be, like, one bride, four bridesmaids, maybe, like, a mother of the bride. Like, that's very, like, manageable, not stressful. Mm. I find once you get into, like, like, seven, eight-plus people, that's, like, a lot of people <laughs> to be doing makeup for. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, do you have a... When you have situations like that... Mm-hmm. Um, you ever like get someone to help you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, actually, um, I have a couple weddings this summer that I booked with like different makeup artists, so I'm really excited about that. And I actually just booked one, um, for next year in August with another makeup. Yeah, artist. that's the other thing I found out. Uh, people book. So far of, in advance, yeah. yeah, I haven't really advertised. I'm booking for 2020, but because <laughs> I'm like, I get, I get so anxious when <laughs> people are like, oh, like this same 2020. I'm like, 2020, how am I going to be doing then? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to commit, but I, I know I'm going to be here and doing makeup. So yeah. I'm just,
0: yeah, I'm just biting the I, bullet. I was surprised to find out, like two years ahead, and like, so yeah. it's, it's the cake. The makeup and the photographer. Yeah, and yeah. the venue, too. And the venue. Oh, yeah. my God, the venue, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's so many different vendors that you need to book in advance, especially if you have, like, someone specific that you wanted. Mm. Like, I'm sure there's there's plenty of people that would be, like, available last minute, but if you had your heart set on someone, I'm sure that, like, the sooner the better if you want mm. to kind of lock them in for your wedding day.
0: Okay, here's one. I mean, like, on those TV shows, uh, reality shows where they bride right, is nuts have you ever had such a, an experience with where...
1: like a bridezilla yeah <laughs> um that's so funny uh no I, I wouldn't say i've ever really had a bridezilla yeah. i think um well first off i think east coast people are so relaxed yeah. and yeah. sweet you know what i mean like everyone's so friendly here yeah. well i lived in vancouver i felt like people never want to like interact with one another it was like a little more standoffish but mm. everyone's so friendly here and warm honestly like I a lot of my brides are just like the sweetest girls, like they're so nice. Um, and women, sorry, the sweetest women. But yeah. uh, I think there's definitely like an element of stress that comes along with a wedding. Mm. And so, like, if anyone is like just a little tense or stressed out, I I just I get it. Like, I would be the same way. So, and you just can't take any of it personally. You know, it's a really high stress time for people.
0: Are you married? Uh, no. So now, on your when when you're married, are you gonna get someone to do your makeup, Will you do it for yourself?
1: Ah, uh, it's so funny because like I don't know why, but I keep thinking about like my dream marriage lately. I don't know if it's <laughs> just because I'm like, oh wow, I'm 27. Like, is it gonna happen at some point? But I keep planning my dream wedding. I feel like such a dork talking about this because <laughs> I'm like so far from being even like engaged. But um, yeah, I do think I want someone. I know. I'm like, do I want someone to do my makeup? Because mm. I'm so specific about it. But yeah, I think I'd want to be like pampered on my wedding day. And mm. I have like a couple people in mind that I would ask too. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend's probably like, relax.
0: <laughs> um, so here, you said you, the bride... Uh, kind of has to have lipstick or something for our lips yeah. for the day.
1: Yeah. So I always suggest to the bride to um go out. Like I'll suggest a couple like, places for her to go to mm. try on different lip products mm. and um because I find like that's a really like easy task. Like certain things with makeup are are really uh, hard for some women to to kind of wrap their heads around because they're just they just don't do it day to day and they find it overwhelming. Mm. But finding like your like favorite lip color is kind of fun it's not like stressful you know what i mean you get to go in try on some different lipsticks mm. and you know you see what makes you feel your absolute best and what makes you pop and um then i just uh tell them to bring that product and i usually apply it on them and then they'll have it for touch-ups and it's like a way for them to really incorporate their own personal style into the look mm. yeah <clears throat> Do
0: you okay? No, I'm not gonna ask that one. <laughs> um, would I mean, I guess when you do the makeup though, like you have to uh plan for if the bride cries up eyes out on the day.
1: Yeah, I always I try to encourage them to cry pretty. I'm like, you know, I might <laughs> like, cry like delicately, like a princess, you know, <laughs> and just like tap at yourself but like honestly if someone's telling me that they're gonna be uh because some people are very honest they're like I'm super emotional I'm gonna be bawling my eyes I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh okay well we're gonna try to lock it in as best as possible I'll try to use like long wear products that are waterproof mm. um if I'm using like any mascara it's always waterproof for weddings um but if it's someone who I know is gonna cry a lot I- I'll try to avoid doing anything super heavy underneath the eye mm. just because it's like more to touch up but typically like I find if i am there for a touch-up after someone's like done a first look or like seen their husband and got like a little teary-eyed it's there's not usually like a lot of like running makeup or anything typically mm-hmm. it's kind of locked in there mm-hmm.
0: yeah um uh, so apart from makeup are there things are passionate about
1: um yeah i mean do you mean like in life or do you yeah, mean, yeah in oh, life. oh okay yeah um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm the most boring person. But, uh, like I like to read. Um, um, I love watching Netflix. I love running like a lot of my favorite things to do are solo activities. Mm. So I think it's just because I'm kind of like um, an introvert extrovert. So um, I love just spending time by myself and. Um, I know I was talking to you about, like, face charts. I love... Oh, yeah, that
0: one. Yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah, that one is actually... So, you sit down and you kind of come up with the...
1: Yeah. So, like, I just... I love drawing and I'm obsessed with, like, the artistry behind makeup. Mm. Um, and what's nice, too, is when I'm doing face charts, essentially they're just, they're just like a sheet of, like, art paper with a face and you kind of... You paint or you'll make a makeup look with makeup on this face chart. And, um, I love it because you can be extremely creative. It's not like a client's makeup where they have a preference and they're mm. like, no, 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 like, don't do that. You can really just kind of do whatever you want. Um, for me, it's kind of like cathartic. Like I love pouring myself into uh, a face chart if I'm like stressed or like upset about something. Cause mm. it's something fun that I can focus on. And, Um, the end result is always great. Like I find the more I do them, um, like the better I get at it. And it's just like a fun way to kind of express myself, but Mm. I would do a lot of them when I used to work for, um, Mac cosmetics, where you would just like to like celebrate the release of a new makeup line. I would do like a face chart inspired by the products. Um, but I've actually kind of gotten back into doing, so like a module, uh, that I did at school was, uh, digital makeup. Mm. So what that was, was kind of like doing face charts on Photoshop. And, um, I really loved doing that. Like I remember I designed like a monster makeup on there. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was like pretty cool, but, um, I, I didn't really like, think of doing like beauty makeup on it, but I started kind of doing beauty makeup on Photoshop and that was really fun. And again, it's less—it's less like tactile, obviously, because you're using like an illustrator pad. Mm. Um, but it's—it's it's still beautiful and amazing. And It just reminds me of like like fashion and art and like all my favorite things. So
0: yeah. Mm. <clears throat> with the face chat, so, uh I don't know if you put them on your Instagram.
1: You do? I—I I, I have them on my personal Instagram and on my business Instagram. Oh
0: yeah! Oh yeah! Actually, let's talk about that uh, with social media. I, Why... Is that a good divide to have, to have, like, personal um, business?
1: It's so funny because, like... And I always, like, debate back and forth because, like, I'll see other makeup artists who will, like, include more of themselves in their feed or, like, their personal lives in their feed. Mm. And I'm kind of, like... I just, like, don't think that it's... I don't feel like I'm, like, what people are interested in. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like people want my makeup they don't want to like see what i'm up to like i'm having coffee at this cafe you know like i just think whatever plus i'm just a little shy like i don't i feel uncomfortable putting like everything out there online so mm. i'm i just would rather be behind the scenes and
0: do you feel that uh <clears throat> especially with social media there's that uh there's especially with instagram where anybody can just send you an instagram um, a direct message do you feel find that you get messages that are not really about work or just (sighs) people not being polite i guess
1: um i find with my like business instagram handle um I haven't, I actually request no DMs because if I don't follow you, sometimes it'll just go into my request folder and mm. I won't see it. And so if it's like a time sensitive thing, like you wanted to book an appointment tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. or something like that, I'm like, I would rather you contact me directly by like phone or email. Mm. Um, but I, I haven't had any issues on my like professional page of anyone say, like soliciting me for things. Mm. But I mean, am I, on my personal Instagram, have I had people send me like weird Messages, like, sliding into the DMs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you handle that? Um, like, politely. Sometimes I just, like, whenever I'm uncomfortable, I'll just try to, like, ignore that it's happening. So I'll just be like, oh, great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I was... We're just talking about the internet now. And I was wondering if you had, like, any super negative experiences?
1: Yes. I have had a really negative experience. And it started... It was it started like, I think two years ago now, I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline, but, um, I started receiving, uh, I, I actually wasn't receiving the messages directly myself initially. Um, but I remember I was home in Newfoundland with my mother, um, one weekend. And I, I had a bunch of people sending me messages and like our house is kind of like a little off the grid. So we don't have the best reception, but I had multiple people messaging me at once, like in sending me like very concerning messages and they were attaching screenshots and I couldn't download them, but they're like, Hey girl, like I got this weird message and you know, it has your name in it and I just want to let you know. And it was like, an anonymous account the account was named Jessica Jones and it had this like really strange message and it was accusing me of being like a liar and a thief and that just I don't know I was like racist and a couple other things and I remember being really freaked out by it and I was like panicking and I didn't know what to do and I was upset and obviously I'm, like, a very, like, emotional person and I can't hide my emotions. So yeah. when I was with my mother, she was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you acting weird? And I told her what had happened and she was like, well, Jennifer, like, this seems like it's probably just someone who, like, is, is like, jealous or something, you know, don't think too much about it. And I kind of was like, okay, for sure. But I, I was still uncomfortable about it, but I, I did just kind of ignore it. Yeah. And so, uh, a month passed and when I woke up one morning, I had a message, a really long message under one of my Instagram photos. And it said it was like, it was always like rambling kind of broken English, but it said that like, I, um, had a knife and I was planning to stab someone and that I like sold cocaine and like just stuff like that. And so I woke up and I was very upset, like hysterical. So I was like, okay. And I just walked straight to the police station and I went to tell them like, I don't know like what this situation is or like, what do you do Mm. when you, when you have these messages coming in? Mm. So, um, I tried to talk to someone there and they were just kind of like, well, you know, stay off the internet. And I was like, well, this isn't an option for me because I just quit my job and I'm trying to launch my business. So Mm. this is the platform that I need to do that. You know, it's not really an option for me to not be on the internet. Mm. And so then they subsequently decided to send, like, a patrolling officer to come and get a statement from me at my house. And that happened the following week. And at that point, people were getting more and more messages. So this person wasn't contacting me directly at this point. They were just contacting people I knew and, like, sending the weirdest stuff. Like, saying that, like, I stalked and harassed young hot models and, like, I don't know. Stuff that was didn't even make sense to me i couldn't even connect the dots i couldn't think who was doing this to me and so um yeah so that was happening and and at this point it was becoming more and more frequent and the police officer advised me he just said you know make a facebook status make it public let them know that the police are involved and typically because he was like You probably know this person, which I I was like, I don't think I do. Like, I don't know anyone like this. Mm. And he was like, no, you probably know this person. Make this status. Once they see that the police, there's police involvement, the likelihood is that they will stop. So I said, OK, and I did that. And I, you know, I apologize to anyone who got these messages because I, it's like disturbing. Mm. I feel I feel awful that people had to get these. Mm. And I just let them know, you know, the police are involved and hopefully the issue will be resolved. But then because that was out there, I feel like it like just like I don't know, like was like pouring gasoline on a fire. Mm. So then from there, it became like a daily thing. So the first message I got, I think it was, like, mid-July when I was home. At this point, it was, like, September. And so every morning when I would wake up, I would get a flood of messages from people that this person was contacting. So he would start at, like, 2 a.m. in the morning, would send out, like, dozens and dozens of messages to people. And they would always be really disparaging things about me, um, just saying that, like... I don't know, he said I had a penis and, like, some other, like, awful things, you know, and anyways, um, yeah, so, and then it would be, like, they made all these anonymous accounts and it would be, like, anti-stalking Nova Scotia, anti-racism Halifax, like, stuff like that, and then they would be urging people to contact the police to arrest me, so, I mean, I don't feel like I've ever fostered that type of relationships with people to, like, merit someone attacking me Uh Um, and it was really stressful because at the time I was like I don't know who's doing this And and like it was hard for me to just like do things you know like and it was every day and he started targeting people that were in my industry so like he would contact other makeup artists and say these things or he would post under their photos and for me like I would be okay even just receiving those messages directly because it's, you know, to me, not an issue because it's not a real thing. But to be affecting other people's businesses, especially, like, people who are friends of mine, you know, because he would leave, like, bad business reviews, like, one stars, and then it would just be this huge rant about me. And so that was really hard. And I feel like you're so vulnerable on the internet and you don't realize it because... I, when I was, I would be racking my brain because you get so, you start thinking like who's doing this, you know, and you're going through all these lists of people and you're like, who have I made this upset or angry to kind of attack me like this? And I couldn't figure it out because there was no like, you, you, like unifying stream between the people who were getting these messages. Mm. Cause some people were people that I went to high school oh. with that I haven't talked to and like. 10 years, whereas, like, other people were people that I knew from work or, you know, other makeup artists. And so I was trying to think, like, who is a common person who knows all these people that I know? And what I've kind of figured out was that he was just going through whoever liked my photos on Facebook and then just contacting them. So really just anyone who would like my, like, profile photos or any open photos, Mm. Um, any information that was on my profile, just use that. So like, where I grew up, my hometown. He started contacting the town council of my hometown, and like, you, and like you just don't realize what's on the internet. And then when you have someone saying that you're like a prostitute and stuff like that, you're going through your photos and you're like, wow, I should probably delete this photo of me in a bikini or like, you know, like you just feel like things can be interpreted a different way when there's someone creating these false allegations about you. Mm. So, um, yeah. So eventually it was just, it was, it was the weirdest experience. It was like pulling a string Yeah. and, um, and I'm so grateful because people were really patient and kind with me. Um, like my old work had to remove any photos of me on, on their platforms. Cause it just, the amount of, of messages that they would get because of it. Mm. And so um, my sister was helping me, all the girls at work, because they would always get so many messages. There was one uh, coworker, Angela Hicks, thank you. She um, was documenting all the messages they were getting and keeping it on a thumb drive. Mm. And so was my sister. Like, we would get a message, I would send it to my sister, she would, like, date it, organize it, and keep it. So we had a record of all these messages. Mm. But eventually it was, like, um, my old manager at work mentioned something to um, one of the other managers at the department store I worked at. And she was, like, you know, Jenny's getting all these messages. It's really awful. And then this manager was, like, oh, yeah, I may have received, like, a text message, something like that a couple years ago. And so then that was passed along to me. And I followed up on it. And I was, like, hi, like, I heard you got some messages. Do you mind, like you know, sending that to to the police. Do you still have a a copy of it? And she was like, yeah, no problem. And like, she sent these messages to the police and she CC'd me on the email. Mm. So I'm going through all these screenshots of these text messages. And it's like from the direct person verbatim, all the stuff that I'm seeing in these messages. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I'm like, this is who it is and who it is. is just a guy who used to work in the department store with me across from me. Mm. And literally we, we, we have one interaction when I was closing the store and I was leaving the store and he was like, and he would, I would always catch him looking at me. And of course I would be uncomfortable and I would just kind of try to avoid him. I'd smile though and be polite because I feel like, you know, what do you do? Like, I'm just that type of person. Like, you know, you just smile at someone and, but you know, you're polite and you just don't try to engage them. Cause you know, I had a boyfriend at the time too. But when I was closing the store one night, he stopped me to talk to me, and what I was anticipating was he was just going to, like, try to ask me on a date or something, but instead he he told me he saw saw the way I looked at him, and I wasn't looking at him the same way, which was really bizarre to me, because I was like, well, what do you mean, like... Uh. What, how am I looking at you, you know? And then he said a couple other things that kind of, like, crossed the line for me. And I remember panicking a little bit because there was no one else in the department store. There was just, like, a security man at the other end. So I was like, man, I have to... I have to get out of here. I told him, like, that's enough. And, like, I just – I have to go. And I left. And then after that, I I told my manager because I got in my car and I cried. And I called a co-worker and I was like, you won't believe what happened. And she was like, that's inappropriate. Like, you need to tell her manager. So the next day at work, I called my manager – I let her know what happened. She agreed it was inappropriate. So, but she knows, like, I'm so bad with conflict. So she was just like, you know, do you want me to go as your representative to HR and just, like, tell them about it? And I was like, yes, please. So she did that, and that was it. And I think they just had a meeting with him. And then I had one other interaction where he stopped me one day, and he was like, I need to talk to you. And I was kind of like, oh, God, like, what is it? And he just said, like, you misunderstood me. And I was like, okay. And I was like... If that's it and I misunderstood you, then that's fine. I just said, you know, like, let's just, we'll avoid each other and that's okay. Like, I don't, you know, I'll go my way, you go your way. And I used to, like, after that, I would always leave the store in the opposite end that his section was. Because I just was like, I'm going to avoid this person. Mm. But that was like, that was like two to three years prior to all this starting. Mm. And eventually he stopped working at the department store. And so, and I never thought anything of it, but that was it. Mm you know? And so, and so then at that point we knew who was doing it. And so then it was frustrating because it's like, you know, everyone knows who's doing it and they're still doing it to such a high volume and degree, but you can't do anything about it, right? Like the police are handling it. And at this point it was passed over to like the internet crimes unit. So, we were told specifically cause we had all these messages, but what we needed were the direct URLs of the profiles that were sending it. Mm-hmm. So every time that someone got a message, we had to get the address that was after like the last forward slash. And so then finally we had all these messages with the direct profiles and we sent that to the police and they sent that information to Facebook and then they sent back the IPs, which then they brought back to the cable companies. And then they got the information, and it was the same Just person. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So um, eventually he was arrested. And I remember, like, I remember it was, like, in the f- at the end of the fall. It was, like, the beginning of November. Because I remember on my birthday, which is Halloween, I was like, I'm going to try to enjoy myself. I'm going to, like, do a yoga class. And the first part of my day was amazing. But then, like, by noon... I started getting a ton of messages from people and I remember being really upset and it sucked. And then that weekend I was going on a trip with my sister to North Carolina and um, we were just doing like a spiritual conference, which my mom was like, you need this, you need to like relax. And cause I literally, it's just, it sucked. It was like permeating every part of my life. Yeah. Cause it was like, I couldn't not think about it. And yeah. I just felt like, like me and my mom would be fighting about things and it was very high stress time for me hmm. but yeah i remember the last couple of messages we got from him were really um intense and he was like threatening to kill me and stuff or like to hurt my family oh. and then he was arrested and then he had a no contact order and it all stopped and that was it and then it was just like done so yeah wow
0: Okay, thanks for sharing that. I remember, remember, you know, the thing about the internet is it's like, well, with almost everything, it's like super good and super bad. And when people have that feeling of I have a mask and I can say whatever I want to say to this person and nobody's going to know I'm the one saying it, people tend to have this bravado and and do things like that and take it to that level.
1: Yeah, well, I definitely don't think that this is... I definitely think it was a mental health issue I don't know any like I don't really know any details because it's it's not you know it's not a public thing so I mean but it's it is scary like it's it's a reality and and I mean that's probably why I don't include myself more on my like business page and stuff just because like I do feel vulnerable I always like like second guess if I should even upload anything mm. like my my personal Instagram page is so boring because literally I'm I'm like oh like do I need to share this with people like eh, maybe not like if I ever post that I'm somewhere it'll be like after I've left because mm. I'm like you know I'm just so conscious of like just putting too much information out publicly mm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna just
1: slide. <laughs> wait, okay. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Change paces a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do that. Um, with makeup, right? Do you is the is there like too much or too little, or is it just about the person? Um.
1: Yes, it is. It's about the client and what their preference is yeah. and it's it's so funny because yeah like I have some clients that are so minimalist and they want something really soft and chic and they, they're they like you know I want my my husband to recognize me when I'm coming down the aisle and mm. I'm like fair, amazing <laughs> and then I have other clients who are like I want to look glam, I want to look over the top you know (laughs) this is my day which i'm all here for i'm like oh more glam let's do it you came to the right girl so really i don't think and i always say this i don't think there's any right or wrong when it comes to makeup because it's like personal expression Mm. right and that's the spice of life right Mm.
0: um okay i'll end with this one though if someone is watching is like oh you know i'm like i'm like jennifer and i want to do makeup what advice would you give this person
1: um do it and you know uh it's not as hard as you think it is mm-hmm. like it's i i always think cuz i think you overthink things and and maybe it's just me i have a lot of like personal like negative self talk but I mean, it's you can do it. You can do it even if you have very few resources. I mean, you can you can find friends to practice on. You can use their own makeup on them. You know what I mean? There's always people that want this service and, you know, that will let you create um, volunteer I think that's really important. I think um, looking for opportunities to kind of give back to your community and it's a way for you to work and practice and, you know, it's like a a give and take relationship. So Mm -hmm. I think just just do it. Take the plunge. Um, Every small step seems inconsequential, but it's always a step forward. So. Mm I, I and I always tell myself that you know it's like momentum, right? Like you don't know how like the dots will connect or from what opportunity another opportunity will come from. So just yeah. do it, do it all, you know. Say yes. Say yes. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much for coming well, in today, Jennifer. Thank you for and having me. Thank you for sharing me. that. Of and course. you know, I'm glad things are moving forward in a positive way.
1: Yeah, me too. This is like the happiest I've been in a really long time. So. Thank you. Thanks. This
0: is The Blackout Podcast. Thanks for listening.